Just so you know, the pulpit is still warm from where Kelly was here. <laughs> a new commandment, he says. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. And most theologians and biblical scholars will defend this seriously, that that Jesus is giving a new commandment because Jesus has given us the example of what it means to love one another. And yet I read this and I think, what's new about it? What's new about this commandment to love? Jesus, a learned Jew, a student of the Torah, knows that to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself is the greatest of the commandments. Jesus, being a student of the prophets, knows about Jeremiah's writing about how God's law is going to be written on the hearts of God's people, that they would know God's forgiveness and love. Being a good Jewish teacher, Jesus probably knew the old rabbi story about how loving your neighbor means loving your neighbor's cow. So that if you see your neighbor's cow out in the road eating things it shouldn't be eating, you don't think to yourself, oh, look at that, that's too bad. You get up and you put on your coat and you put on your shoes and you go and you get your neighbor's cow because you love your neighbor. Jesus knew all of this and yet I find him saying, hey guys, I got something new for you. Love one another, how about that? I wonder if Jesus was being tongue in cheek. Because this idea that we should love one another is not new. We know what it means to love. We know when we have experienced love, when we have experienced someone doing something for us that that we couldn't possibly deserve, someone going above and beyond for us, we know what love looks like. Sometimes, I think in our heart of hearts, we just don't want to do it. So we spend our time talking ourselves out of it, going, I don't know if that's my neighbor's cow. (laughs) It could be somebody else's cow I don't even know. We talk ourselves out of recognizing others as our neighbor. We tie ourselves in knots with twisted logic saying, well, it's okay to enslave them because they're not really persons, they're only three-fifths a person. We tell ourselves things like, well, that Muslim's not a human being, they're a terrorist, ergo, I don't have to treat them like my neighbor. We tell ourselves that those people who are strange, who are different, who don't look like, talk like, act like I do, those people who give us the willies, who make us nervous, we talk ourselves into believing that they are not, in fact, our neighbor and therefore not worthy of our love. A priest told me a story 
about how in his congregation there were a number of families who had uh, relatives deployed in Afghanistan and Iraq. And he had received a request to pray for them and he said, great. And so in the prayers, he prayed for those who were deployed and then he prayed for the people of Afghanistan and the people of Iraq. And then he prayed for the insurgents and the people of ISIS. And at the end of church, a parishioner, vestry member, of course, (laughs) came up to him and said, you shouldn't pray for them. And he said, I shouldn't pray for who? And he said, those people. And he said, what do you mean? He said, you shouldn't pray for those people who are killing people because they are bad. And the priest said, but you know, Jesus said that we should pray for those who hurt us. We should, we should pray for those who hate us. We, we should even love our enemies. And this long-term member of the church looked him in his face and said, he was wrong. I think sometimes way deep down in our hearts, we want Jesus to be wrong. We want him to be wrong about this love stuff. We want to hoard love for ourselves and the people we like, but but Jesus is demanding, this new commandment is about loving people we don't like. We want to believe that Jesus is wrong, that the only way to find peace in this world is through love and forgiveness. We want vengeance to be the way. Deep down in our heart of hearts, we think Jesus is wrong. But he's not. He's right. He's absolutely right. If we are going to change the world, we have to start becoming the people that sees our neighbor and every other person. And it doesn't, it's not magic, right? It's not magic. And sometimes it takes God lowering the sheet three times. Hello, hello, hello. Before we get it. And then there are always those situations where it crops up and we're gonna have to get it again. And so we have to practice this way of love. We have to do the things that we are taught to do. And the presiding bishop's office has put out a really simple way to do that. There are just seven things you have to do. Just seven. (laughs) The first is you turn. You turn towards God. Whenever you find that place in your life where where you can't forgive or where you can't love or you, you just can't, you turn to God because that is the source of of our strength. That is the source of of our our love. It is poured into us from God. So you gotta turn to God. Next, you gotta learn. You can learn from scriptures. You can learn from other people. You gotta learn what God's love is like. You gotta study these passages, these passages where Jesus is talking and you're going, "Uh uh-uh, no. Not today, Jesus. Not today. 
But by steeping yourself in those words, learning from those who walk the path with you, you shield yourself. And then you pray. And praying is about opening yourself to God's spirit, about hearing anew. And sometimes in your prayers, you will be like Peter saying, no God, nope, not gonna do it. Nope, nope, nope. But you keep praying because as C.S. Lewis said, prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. And makes us more open to God's spirit moving in our life. Then you worship. And worship is about gratitude and thanksgiving. It's about saying, wow, thank you God for what I have. Thank you for every blessing. A lot of times we spend our time counting all the difficulties in our lives. And I know there are a lot. Every one of us has our little bucket of tears our brokenness and our sorrow. We have it, it's with us always. And yet, in worship, we lift ourselves above that. And we feel the deep gratitude that comes with offering praise. So after you worship, then you go. (laughs) You go. Out from your little comfort zone, you go out your doors, you go out into the world to see what God is up to. Because God is moving in our midst all the time. God's reign is is brewing all around us. And when we go out from the places where we feel safest, from the places we feel most secure, we start to see Christ in others. We start to see in others the reflection of our own woundedness. We start to see others in the fullness of their humanity. And suddenly they're not just those people. They are people. And then you bless. You bless others with the gifts that you've been given. You serve because it is in serving others that we serve our God. And finally, you rest. And this is an important part of our spiritual journey that lots of us like to overlook. And someone once told me that Jesus was not impressed with our workaholism. (laughs) That rest is that place where we sit back and let God be God realizing that that God can do God's work without us, realizing that we can trust God to handle it for one day. And as we practice these seven things, over and over again, we start to learn that faith is not something that we have, faith is something that we do. We practice it. And so in those moments when God reveals something to us that is new, that isn't just a shinied up, brushed up version of what we already know, but something that is truly new and slightly uncomfortable. You know like those new shoes you get and they're really nice and you put them on and you're like, ow. That which is really new becomes slightly uncomfortable and as we live in that discomfort, when the sheet comes down, 
becomes easier and easier to say yes. It becomes easier and easier for us to see that that which we would call unholy or unclean is in fact beloved of God. A new commandment, he says. It's not really new. He's just asked us to live it in a new, profound, daily way. Jesus has asked us to embody the love that God has for us, for one another. Loving ourselves, loving our neighbor, loving our neighbor's cow, and believing just for a little bit that Jesus is actually right. Amen.